Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, Sam Moses. He is founder and CEO of Socrates Custom Socks. But today's talk is going to be all about entrepreneurship, business ownership customer service, marketing, the whole gamut. And we'll talk about why doctors need to think like business owners while retaining their physician skill set. So Sam, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Christopher. It's uh, it's great to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, we connected through Podmatch. And so tell the audience, you know, your what your company does, how you got started, and we'll get into it. Sure. So I'm the founder of a company, Socrates Custom Socks. We produce custom socks for companies companies, big and small, all over the world. So imagine a company's going to a trade show or wants to give a sock away as a gift. Um, they would come to us, we would design the socks. Um, and then, you know, seven days later through our seven day process, uh, we would, the socks would be woven, um, packaged and delivered to them. Um, so it's a great giveaway. It's like a nice little gift. You know, everybody wears socks, everybody uses socks. They think about your brand um and it's you know it's relatively affordable uh it's an affordable product that they can give away and yeah it's just a kind of like a nice little promotional item that you can use in your business to kind of like show your customers that you care about them and to generate more sales yeah i love that and what's interesting is that um you know we were you and me were talking in the green room backstage and really you know you could be in the sock business you could be software you whatever business you could be a doctor, you know, dentist, and it's still business skills. So talk about a little bit about yeah. like how a lot of these like business skills can translate into other things. I know you have ties to the medical community as well. Yeah, definitely. So I live in a, in a community with lots of doctors, <laughs> my brother-in-law is a doctor, you know, my, you know, so we're always talking about it. And at the end of the day, um it's a business but i noticed that the way that i think because i went to business school and the way that i grew up and the, the interests that i had are just so different than the way that they think and you know there's probably a lot of value in that when i go to the doctor i don't want the doctor thinking like me i want the doctor to think like <laughs> you guys you know but um when my brother-in-law built a practice um i was asking him questions like you know what is your average sale or you know how many customers do you need in the door to make your you know, overheads and fixed costs versus variable costs and marketing. And um, what I got back was that in general and other doctors that I talked to, there just didn't seem like there was a lot of background in that, you know, which made me believe that maybe in medical school, 
there wasn't a topic on marketing your business or on how to do a um, budget or something like that, you know? So, um, so we went through it and, and, and just this way of thinking was, was very valuable for him. And, you know, when you take that into account and then you add in at the end of the day, you have a customer, the customer is the patient. And what does your patient or customer journey look like? Like when I, from the minute I step into your office and before to the minute that I leave and after, how does that journey look like for me as the customer? I know you don't like to refer to us as customers, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we can go to uh, another service who's offering the same thing. So it is a customer, right? And how do you keep the customer happy? And how do you provide good service for the customer? Because providing good service to the customer probably is more than just giving him the best medical advice. That's definitely a big part of it. But it's also going to be, okay, you know, what does it look like before he came? Did I text him a reminder? Did I send him some information afterwards for him to read about? Did I, you know, ask for a review? Did I, you know, give him maybe a little gift to say thank you? Do I wish him, give him a card on his birthday? What little touches am I adding to this journey? You know, and that's after the practice is built and that's after you've got him in the door. So there's the before to get people in the door and then there's after, you know, how do we keep the people that are in our practice happy um, by a providing them with great medical advice, that's for sure, but also providing them with an experience that they're like, oh, wow, I really enjoyed going to this doctor. I really enjoy interacting with that office. And it's not a downer for me. And it's not a, you know, pain point in my life where, yes, I have to go because I got to get my, my heart checked. Okay. But it's also kind of like a nice experience where, you know, I leave happy and I leave satisfied with what I, what I just went through, you know? Yeah, I love it. And uh, like I said, you know, it's it's a skill set. At the end of the day, it's a, it's a skill set. And it's just that, you know, t- times are changed such that we have to learn these skills in order to be re- stay relevant in today's economy. Which I, you know, this which why I have guests such as you on the show so that, you know, kind of enlightened doctors to see that, you know, inspire them, get a tidbit, you know, motivate them in some way, different mindset. Talk yeah. about, yeah. Talk about um, basically you have the uh, B2B client experience and you say this is the best marketing tool ever created. Uh, um, I really, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, let me touch on that a little bit. So I noticed in the world and you've probably noticed this as well when you were, when you were, when you had a practice or not, or any business that you ran, everybody is hyper SEO and Google ads and marketing. Okay. So all of the conversation that people are having is surrounded with how do I get the customer in the door? Okay. And there's no question that's super important, right? You have to work on how to get the customer in the door. Okay. What I noticed when I started my business like five years ago, and I was in other businesses before is that nobody or not as many people are obsessed with, okay, now that I have the customer in the door, okay, how do I kind of like maximize, again, the experience that they're having with my company and create revenue streams through the existing customer base and have reoccurring business because, you know, it's a famous line, right? It's always harder to get the customer in than to keep the customer happy once you have the customer, right? It's easier to, once you have the customer, provide value and keep doing it. But it seems like that's not where the obsession is. The obsession is SEO and Google ads and it's all about your next customer. And there's no question about it. We can agree that that's important, okay? But you've put all this work into getting the customer in the door, maybe put some work into keeping the customer at the door once they're there, you know? So that's kind of like something that I obsess over. And in my company, everybody who works for me, we're very, very focused on 
okay, this customer is interacting with us before the sale and after the sale. How do we keep them happy and get them reordering and get them engaged and keep them in our family in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you're describing the lifetime value uh, and like you were describing, it's like you put up all this work to acquiring it. So like in that's that's a lot of work so it, it takes less work to like kind of keep them and you know market to them and keep them happy just provide them with value come up with you know if you're a doctor maybe send them some information of something they're interested in send them a reminder send them a happy birthday whatever you can do to interact with them that's called a touch point is important when you you know let's just say a doctor's practice or anybody else has five thousand customers so you're not going to get five thousand people coming back right but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all about the, the the numbers game, right? Like if three or 4% are interacting with every email that you send out on 5,000, well, that's 200 people that you've engaged that you otherwise would not have engaged. Now, let me go task you with going to get 200 new customers, okay? That's not going to be easy, right? Yeah, talk about, um, because you uh, growing your base and then you talk about touch points and then connecting to a larger audience, but also keeping it niche because they say, you know, the riches are in the niches, but you know, you also want to grow. It. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of people coming to us and I get it all over the place, especially in my community. Again, the doctor community, for sure. They come to me, they're like, Sam, I have a good idea for you. You're going to sell socks to Costco or you're going to go to Walmart. You know, everybody has these ideas for me. And I'm like, I actually only do custom. And then they say, well, why don't you do, uh, you know, beanies? And I said, no, I only do socks and they can't get over that. They're like, how do you only do that? And I'm like, well, you only do Heart, you know, like you've specialized yourself, right? So why can't you understand that I've specialized? <laughs> so um, I like being kind of like really, really good at one thing, like really try to do as best as you can in one niche. And there's lots of business out there. We service customers all over the world. We have different types of socks. Okay. We have the dress and we have like, we have different product lines within the socks. Okay. But overall, we're really, really focused on being experts in what we do. Okay. And then you know, other people come to us for our expertise as we're experts in this. Same thing as doctors, they're experts in their, their area. And they, you know, use us within our expertise. So, yeah, you're definitely right. I love niche, niching, niche. What's it called? Niching down or niching up? I forget. I think down, right? Niche down. And then you uh, you create value in your niche, you know, and everybody's always trying to, everybody thinks the riches is in just, you know, offering more services it's not actually true. You just want to be go deeper and deeper and deeper into the service that you're offering to be really great at it and just keep going, you know, and then and then when it touches back to the client experience, if you're really good at it, you should be getting referrals. If you're not getting referrals, maybe you're not asking for it enough. Maybe you're not interacting enough because customers should be saying to themselves, wow, I really like going to this doctor. I'm going to refer a friend or, you know, I really like the experience that I had in this office. You know, my wife has to go, I'll tell her, you know, you should be getting referrals. It should be a no brainer. You shouldn't only be getting referrals from other doctors. You should be getting referrals from other patients as well. You know, I know, I know doctors like to refer and that's great. Um, and I like that as well in my business, but it should be that really the patients are referring. That's the customer, you know, you're raving fans. And, um, uh, I love that when that's like the, that's the best, um, validation is when customers go and tell other people about you, your, yeah. your product, your service. Um, right. That means you've done something right, for sure. You know? Yeah. Talk about, um, you know, increasing brand awareness in this age of social media, connecting with a larger audience. Um, how are you doing it with um, with your company? 
Yeah, no, that's that's the million dollar question, right? Like everybody's talking about that. So you got to be you obviously have to be creating content really, really well over a long period of time. Not, I, I found that none of these avenues are going to work overnight, right? Like Google ads and SEO and LinkedIn advertising and not even LinkedIn advertising, but LinkedIn, social media, Instagram, you know, everything's going to take time to build and you have to give it the right amount of time and you have to give it a fair chance. I noticed that people I've always talked and spoken to them. They're like, oh, we tried SEO for, you know, two months and it didn't work. Well, SEO is a very long time game. Like we were <laughs> ranking on custom socks. We were in the 40th position two years ago. We're up to number nine or eight right now. You know, that, that takes time. That's two years of working very, very, very hard to get to number nine. And even then, that's not a given. You might, in some fields, it might take four or five years, or, and you might not even get there, right? So you just got to have to be diligent over a long period of time every day, you know, one block, one block, one block. And then over time, these blocks will start adding up and you'll start to actually see results. Um, another thing I noticed is people try to do too much too soon. So they're like Instagram, LinkedIn, SEO, Google, all at once, right? Like there's no way to do that. You can't do everything all at once. Like maybe start with one avenue or maybe do a direct mail campaign or maybe try to start with the referrals within other doctors. Start that and then, you know, send them a nice gift. If You know, whatever is allowed. I know there's a lot of rules with that, but whatever is allowed, send them a nice gift. Engage with your referral base and try to get one referral extra doctor referring you a month or every two weeks. So that's two a month, right? So you got 24 referrals every year. That's huge. Again, everybody's trying to go too wide. I would focus on that. I'd say, how do I get to 50 referral guys or women? Um, I would say, okay, two a month for two years. I got 50, right? Like and that could be actually a very good start to your business and then try Instagram or then try uh, LinkedIn. So I'd say start slow, um and try to do things over a long period of time that will that will grow your business yeah it sounds great but then when you're first out of the gate and you have no customers everybody's struggling everybody's stressing out but you kind of have to be patient right yeah i know uh, a lot of people they um like you were talking about just get really good at one and then um then like next year increase distribution you know learn the different like as over time you know as it's like you're building these uh, digital media assets uh, platform. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Well, when you add, so you, you've, you built this, uh, really great company, you've scaled it, you've able to basically lifetime customer, you're able to market it. Um, when talking about like the, like the, um, nuts and bolts, when you're, um, working with employee, improving efficiency, time management, uh, what are your, like, what are your key takeaways with, um, being a CEO or founder T tell us more. Yes, sure. Well, I mean, when we started this company four years ago, four and a half years ago, we were doing about 10 orders a month. We were sourcing deals from Google ads, mostly, you know, trying to get some quick sales through Google ads like that. And we had systems in place for 10 orders a month, right? And that system was say you had an Airtable or you had a Google Sheet or something that, that was so basic that could run because 10 orders a month is not that much. It's still, still not that easy, but it's still, it's still not. A, that much where a Google Sheet or an Airtable can't handle it. I'm not using a paper and pen, right? Like I still got some technology involved. Nowadays, when we're running anywhere from 200 to 300 deals a month, so what you need and the automation that you need to have in place technology-wise and people-wise, you know, is just totally different. We run off Salesforce, um, the amount of configuration with the automation, um, just the shipping. If I would show you 150 orders, 200 orders a month, and I say, 
okay, go find out where everything is UPS-wise, it would take you two or three days just to be able to track all of that, right? So we put it into our Salesforce. It's all automated now. So the, the Salesforce is emailing us updates where things are, you know, not even emailing us, giving us updates in the system, right? Yeah. From a people perspective, you gotta have to let go a little bit. Like in the beginning, I was doing everything on my own with one other designer who's now my VP, number two in the company. And we realized like there was one November when like we got hit really hard with orders and it was just like ruined our year because we were so tired and we couldn't, we, you, you, like you're all, you just called burnt out, right? You just can't do everything. So now we got a team of 12, 12 to 13 people that work full time in the business. And it's still very hectic, but at least everybody has their role and you got to trust them in their role. And then if everybody's doing their job in their role and we set and I set the strategy or we set the strategy, then, you know, then you have a good chance of everything running smoothly. The goal is, and this is the goal, I think, even for doctor's offices, because doctors talk a lot about I have a full practice, right? That's like kind of like I have a full practice is kind of like a big thing that they say, right? My question is, you have a full practice that that's good. But is everybody getting the same experience and the same quality of of experience as if you didn't have a full practice? It's only good to have a full practice if if you're getting good service to everybody. Otherwise, having a full practice is actually a negative, right? Because because you're not giving that same experience. So I tell everybody, whether we're doing one order a month, and hopefully that doesn't happen, but whether we're doing one order a month, okay, or whether we're doing three, 400 orders a month, every client on an individual level has to have the same experience, which is a good one, okay? So that all of the systems that we build all around that, how do we have a great experience? You know, we don't, you know, it doesn't matter the technology, what matters is what the technology does to the clients using our services. That's what matters. It doesn't matter that it makes our life easier. It should make their lives easier, you know? So that's, that's the point. Yeah, I love that. And how do you, um, in this day, you know, uh, remote work, work from home, you know, as we come to the end, you know, uh, employee disengagement, how are you as a leader motivating employees, um, you know, making, getting them up, fired up and keeping them around? This is a good question. This is a hot topic as well. You're on all the hot topics right now. (laughs) So, uh, so, um, you know, we most of our people do work remote. I have an office in Boca Raton, Florida, where a few workers, a few employees work from. Okay, but most work remote. So the big thing is, you know, you want to keep them engaged. You want to keep them happy. You want to keep them really, really focused on your business and not surfing the internet because <laughs> obviously you can't monitor that the same way that you could have if I was walking around the office, right? Yeah. So I noticed, you know, I'm a father for four little kids. And I notice when I tell my kids to do something like, you know, do your homework or work hard, you know, you can say that all day, right? But at the end of the day, what do they respond to? They respond to doing things that you you do and you show by example, right? So how do I, the way that my, my I think that our employees are, the reason that they're passionate about what we do is because I think that me and, you know, the number two in the company, her name is Becky, she's super passionate about it. And they see us sending emails at 4 a.m. Not that anybody should do that, okay? But I mean, I don't expect them to do that. But the fact that I'm doing it, the fact that I'm up late, I'm dealing with overseas manufacturing, I'm dealing with headaches, I'm dealing with all this stuff, and I'm doing it and I'm really passionate about it, I think that does motivate them. You know, so you kind of have to, you know, kind of like do by example. There's no other way. You can't just tell people, hey, you got to be motivated. Hey, you got to be passionate. I don't know if that works, right? So and you got to have to kind of fight that urge as an employer. And you know this 
to not micromanage. Because if you micromanage, even if in a doctor's office, I know there's a big chain of command, but if you're always on top of the secretary and asking the secretary to do certain things, the you know, administrative assistant, you know, even though you're the doctor and it's your practice, she's going to get annoyed and she's not going to feel fulfilled in her role. So you're going to have to trust, you, you set up the system, but you have to trust that they're doing their job properly. Now, if they're not doing their job properly, I get you got you got to step in, but give them a chance to do it properly, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. How can people uh, follow you, check out your website, check out your business, et cetera? I'd love to, um, if anybody wants to reach out, we'd love to speak. Our company um, web website is Socrates, that's Sock Rates, Socrates, custom, C-U-S-T-O-M.com. Of course, you can email me anytime at sam at socratescustom.com. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank um, for Sam for coming on. Really fascinating talk. Uh, but entrepreneurship, the key is, you know, business skill sets can be applied anywhere, any industry. Uh, all of Sam's resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Appreciate it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week